0: There's something that every single one of us who are gathered here this morning are experts on. Can you figure out what it is? It's temptation. (laughs) I know we don't think of that, you know, reality in life as something that we would want to claim that somehow we are an expert in, but that's the truth. Every one of us, from the time we were born until today, we continue to battle daily with temptation. And if we are dealing with it daily, if not even momentarily, the reality is we have become, maybe unknowingly, experts. What I find kind of interesting is it's not something we talk about. We talk about sin and we talk about forgiveness. Uh, we talk about, you know, with one another, you know, um, you know, the things that we are proud of or, you know, blessed by. But how many of you actually have a conversation with anybody, even maybe the closest person in your life, and really talk about what tempts you? But temptation is indeed a reality for each and every one of us. The Lord even told Cain in Genesis chapter 4, temptation is always crouching at your door. If that is indeed reality, and it is, then we should take it serious. And we should begin to evaluate what we are doing as we face these temptations in life. Well, this week we began our Lenten journey. Our journey with Jesus to Golgotha, to his passion, his suffering, his death. And ultimately we will celebrate not only what happened on Good Friday, but the empty tomb on Easter morning. And as we know, Lent calls us to deal with the reality of our sin. My question for you is this. Are you willing to be obedient to the Lord and not only ask for forgiveness, but to fight the temptations that lead you to sin? I say this because as I've kind of been pondering this uh, for the last several days in particular I maybe had a little bit of a realization of what is meant by the phrase cheap grace that you know we know the Lord Jesus we believe in him as our Savior and we very quickly go running to him to receive from him forgiveness but in the meantime We really don't want to see any real change in our lives other than to be assured of God's forgiveness and now let me get back to my life as I live it. And so that question about are you willing to be obedient to the Lord and not only ask for forgiveness but ask for his presence and power to fight off those temptations that can lead you to sin as followers of christ we are called to be new creations the old has gone the new has come we are called to a new life and if that's going to happen then we have to deal with the temptations that we face i know they come at us from all different directions whether a bowl of ice cream that turns into the whole container now you may not consider that a sin but is that treating our body as a temple of the lord and i wasn't here with the women yesterday at the health and hope retreat but i believe part of that probably was built around honoring that the lord calls us to care for the bodies that he has given us but maybe it's more maybe it's um You know, us uh, telling a, a little white lie that, you know, really doesn't matter to being overly drawn to the things in this world that we want. Whatever it is that you are wrestling with, temptation is real. But we often say, well, I just can't fight off temptation. I just can't help myself. This is how I am. And let me say this to you. Then are you telling God that he can't change you? Because in a sense, that is what we are saying. If we are just content where we are, and you know, we're using that as our excuse, maybe that's what we're telling God he can't change us. But wrong. By his power, by his presence, we can fight off temptation. Or how about this one? Well, I'm only human. Hmm. Do you realize really what you are saying with that? That you were made in the image of God. And you and I, not only were we made in his image, but my dear friends, we are the pinnacle of his creation. So to say we are human is, in a sense, something we should rejoice in and be proud in. Now, maybe a more accurate way of saying that, if that's going to be your defense, is saying I'm only sinful human. But we do have free will. (laughs) And so with that, I'm just suggesting to us that we do have a choice of whether or not we're going to continue to live in that sin or even fall into that sin or not. There's a danger my dear friends in staying in our sin and I've had some conversations of late about that and you know it comes up in you know a number of different ways with things that become very you know present and very much a reality and maybe I should say very much norm in society and And we begin to just kind of question, well, you know, is it really that bad? Well, there's a danger in sin. Sin separates us from God. Sin hurts us and hurts others. Sin can even become so great a divide that we no longer see our need for God and we can reject Him. temptation is real james's uh, words in his epistle from chapter one i think give us uh, a good picture but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire then desire when it has conceived gives birth to sin and sin when it is fully grown brings forth death. I think that's enough to make us aware that there is danger in staying in our sin. And even Jesus told us when teaching us how to pray and lead us not into temptation. A few years ago in Southern California, in a span of just a few days and one week, there was a biker who was attacked by a mountain lion and killed. A few days later, there was another uh, man who was out uh, jogging and he was attacked and he was mauled and it was all over the papers and everyone was reading about these lions that had attacked. And they uh, found the two lions and they killed them. My point of that story is this. Do you know we have a lion who is prowling and looking for you and me? The scripture talks about how he prowls looking for someone to devour. And that is a reality each and every day. Temptation is real. But again, our problem is that we don't take temptation seriously. We talk about sin and forgiveness, but seldom give real attention to fighting the battle against temptation. This world in Satan has caused us to believe that we can't change or we can't fight the temptations we face. You know, that's Satan's tactic. It's been around from the beginning. It's what he did with Eve. Did God really say, no, that's, you got that wrong? And by the way, look at what he did with Jesus. Same thing, trying to twist God's word and you know, lead astray and somehow cause doubt. Causing us to doubt God's word is Satan's tactic. But our scripture today shows us differently. In our reading, we have this account of Jesus in the wilderness being tempted by Satan. Not only does this bring me, and I hope you, comfort, but here our Lord shows us how we can stand against the attacks. And the answer is in scripture. That's getting us back to the starting point. Far too often, we somehow think, you know, this time I can do it. I'll just, you know, I'll work harder at it. I'll think more about it. Or, you know, I'll put on those blinders so I don't, you know, look at those things or focus on those things. The answer is in Scripture. Listen again to Jesus. You know, this, this uh, particular reading appointed for this year uh, at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, man does not live by bread alone, but elsewhere in Scripture it talks about how, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord, Jesus is showing us. And every time Satan came at him, every time he just responded with pure Scripture, the very word of God. That was his defense. We can live, and we can stand against temptation by the power of God's word. Each time Jesus was tempted, he deflected Satan's temptation with the word. Again, the key is the answer is in scripture. Here's a few of my favorites that i try to remember that is why i endeavor to make the word a primary place of filling my mind rather than with this world and things why i emphasize to you as a pastor the vital importance of us being a church that our worship is built on the word our lives together are being fed in the word why we need to be in bible study together like this morning in small groups and in our own daily devotion psalm 119 your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path without that we're just wandering in the dark aren't we how do you know where you're headed how do you know where you are being led or how about also from the psalmist there hide god's word in your heart and when you are old and i'll say this older you will not depart from it that word remains that guide and that tool and that means by which we know of what is god's will and what is not or how the lord tells us through the apostle paul and here is one of my favorites no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to men so by the way before i continue with that reading you can say well today is different Circumstances are different. You know, culture is different. God needs to adjust to our reality. Really? No new temptation. They may come in a different package, a different form, and in a different day, but there's nothing new about them. Continuing that scripture from Paul. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Now isn't that great? He We'll provide you a way out. You think you're stuck. You think you have no choice. You think this is what I'm bound to, but the reality is he's giving you a way out. Are we willing to look for it and ask for it and seek it and respond to it? There's something more we should note. You can just run into the arms of Jesus. The book of Hebrews says he was tempted in every way. For we do not have a high priest, it says in Hebrews, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Every Now this may be hard to picture but do this picture that temptation that rises up in your mind and in your thoughts most regularly and then know that Jesus was also tempted in that way for our Savior Jesus Christ is not only God but he is God made man God in the flesh He lived in this world he experienced what we experience and that includes he was tempted in every way yet as that same scripture continues yet was without sin here's the great thing about knowing that he has been tempted in every way you think you're alone You think no one understands what you're battling and that the Lord just doesn't get it? No way. He's been there. He's been tempted, yet without sin. Hebrews 2.18 continues, For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. My friends, In him we find refuge, comfort, strength. Jesus gives us the means. He gives us the tools, his presence, his word, and his example for us to stand against the attacks of Satan and temptation. Temptation? We struggle with it. We feel guilty when we fall into it. We make up our minds to, to defeat it. But we can't. Or we won't. We fail when we trust in ourselves to overcome. Yet. Yet God comes to the rescue. He brings us good and perfect gifts, he brings us the message, the word of truth, the gospel. And that gospel tells us that God gave us the best, perfect gift, the gift of his son. He knows what temptation is. Not only was he tempted by Satan as we read in the gospel, he was tempted even more than that. His greatest temptation was to avoid the cross. We read about it in particular in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was tempted, you know, to have that removed from him. And yet he rejected that temptation. He went to the cross for you and me to pay for all the times that we fall into temptation. He is the only one who can defeat temptation for us. So if you are at all like me, there are, you know, an area or two, maybe you have more, but things that have kind of risen up in your life for most of your life. It might be pride. It might be, you know, um, anger. It might be lust. It might be, you know, hate. You name yours. But our God gives us tools to battle those temptations. I let God's word speak for itself. James 4, 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now isn't that a great word? That if we would... Just stand and resist him and say, get out of here, Satan. He goes, off fleeing. flee. Ephesians 6.10, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And i love how like four times in that section of scripture with the armor of god it keeps going back to this one word stand not on my strength not in what i somehow have the gift or ability for but stand in the armor of god stand on the word of god luke 22:40. 40 and when he came to the place he said to them pray that you may not enter into temptation you ever tried that simple tactic lord you know i've been here before lord you know what satan's coming at me again you know my area of weakness lord give me strength surround me protect me pray engage the mighty one romans 12:2 do not be conformed to this world But be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Transform by the renewal of your mind. That's here. I talked, uh, I think, last week about where we spend more time. What's really, you know, filling us up? Is it more of this world and the news and our activities and our hobbies, or is it him? And the more time we spend with him, the more time he molds and shapes us into the people of God we're called to be. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Now, there's a tactic. So, shift your mind and your thoughts somewhere else. One of mine is, get up and grab the word, whether it's on my phone or the literal Bible, but start reading. Another one is, is go and do something that I've been telling myself I need to do. Go rake the yard. Go take that walk that you skipped out on earlier this morning because you were too busy. But go and think about, focus on, do those things that are honorable, noble, pure, lovely. Call somebody up and tell them you were thinking about them and you love them. And lastly, Psalm 1. Blessed is he who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. By the way, sometimes our English translation loses some uh, of what is truly written or meant in the Hebrew. The greater, more clear word there is the whole teaching of God. When I hear law, I hear Ten Commandments. But I want to hear, and maybe that's how it should be, Yes, where I have failed and fall short and what I'm called to in the commandments of the Lord, his law, but I want to hear the gospel and the grace of God as well. Meditate on it night and day. The answer is in Scripture. The Lord feeds you in his word. The Lord feeds us again today at his table with the word made flesh. Here he sustains us. Here he strengthens you in his promise of his constant presence, power, and understanding of what you're going through and what temptations you are battling because he's been there. His victory is yours, and even if you fail, he will pick you up. He picks you up, he forgives you, and he prepares you by the power of God's word to strengthen your faith for the next time temptation comes. Our God, he knows all about temptations, and he sent his only son to suffer so that he might do what we could not do, and that through his suffering and his death and his resurrection, we might receive the prize that awaits us, life eternal. Amen.